Life Audio. Hello, thank you for listening to Your Daily Bible Verse, the podcast that examines a verse each day to learn about God and His will for our lives. My name is Joshua Lilly, and after the short word from our sponsor, we'll jump into today's verse, Exodus 34, 6 and 7. Did you know that the Salvation Army not only provides services to those in need, but we also produce a network of Christian podcasts you can listen to on your favorite podcast store? One of these shows, Words of Life, is a 15-minute weekly show featuring interviews, testimonies, Bible studies, and more. In April, we'll once again hear from author and pastor Natalie Runyon. She has created a new six-week discipleship course for women to talk about community, women in leadership, accountability, and more. We want discipleship to be what's drawing people, not bounce houses. They're more likely to come back and not just to be entertained. Even in me, you know, making him have to pry it from my hands, he was still saying, but I have something better. It was because of the redeemed saying so, of telling the story of what God had done. When we point people to him, they're going to want to know him. Listen to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit wordsoflifepodcast.org. Today's Bible verse is Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7. I'll throw in verse 5 just to help paint a clearer picture. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with Moses and proclaimed his name, the Lord. Now, verses 6 and 7. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love, and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Yikes. Now, I'll be honest, when I read this text, I often forget how great it starts, and sometimes I might feel like it ends rather harshly. In fact, when most people quote it, they usually stop a verse short. And this is a common experience for Bible readers today. So let's look at what's going on in this passage. Exodus. An exodus is a mass departure or migration of people. In the Hebrew tradition, this book or scroll is the out of Egypt story. God's chosen people in ancient times, the Israelites, were just rescued from Egyptian slavery. God delivered them and brought them to a mountain where he invited them to meet with him and get to know him again. Because keep in mind, at this point, most of Israel has had many generations pass without such an involved presence of God. They may not remember much at all about who he even is. And so Moses goes up to meet with God since the rest of the people are too afraid of the cloud that descended on the mountain when his presence came to dwell there. Much of the book of Exodus is God and Moses negotiating the terms of the covenant partnership between God and Israel. Like writing your own wedding vows, like premarital counseling of sorts between God and a people. 
So naturally, Moses wants to get to know God even more. And by now, he's already met him earlier in the story at the burning bush. So he asks to see God's full glory, a dangerous question. And God agrees to pass by, but makes sure to protect Moses from the full concentration of his power and glory. So as God passes by, he gives this beautiful and poetic self-description. Today, many of us know a lot of claims about God. We even know that the Bible does a lot to describe God's character. The super cool thing about this text is that it is the first time in all of Scripture where God describes himself. How cool is that? So let me read that description again, and we'll unpack it and meditate on its importance. The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. So first, we can know what God is like if we view the Bible as trustworthy and true. There are a lot of claims about God's character and what God is like. There are also many who claim that we can never truly know our creator, that he is either a distant God or some impersonal force. Well, God himself seems to reveal the opposite. He even gives us a personal name by which to know him. Now, many Jewish traditions and even some Christian traditions prefer to avoid using this name. I respect this thought in reverence, but I feel like God shared it with us for the sake of intimacy and friendship. It would be like me saying, you can call me Josh, but a dear friend insisting on calling me Joshua. It's a trivial metaphor, but you get the point. That name that God shares with us here is Yahweh. Maybe you've heard it before. If you're reading an English Bible translation, whenever you see the word LORD in all caps, it's an English translation of that name. The all caps emphasize its importance. It is a good and powerful name, and God has introduced himself by it. Second, God is slow to anger and eager to forgive. Many who have grown up in Christian traditions or are familiar with the Bible talk as if there are two different gods between the Old and New Testaments. Sure, Jesus is peaceful and loving, but the God of Israel was mighty and vindictive. It's a no-brainer. Well, this couldn't be more wrong. Here, God, in the Old Testament, leads with his love, compassion, and patience towards rebellious people. Certainly, he demonstrates his power, but take God's word for it that his primary descriptors are compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And third, God is both merciful and just. Let's remedy that downer from earlier. This description seems to end much more vindictively than it starts. God punishing generations for sin? That's a bit harsh. 
Well, remember that God first described himself as forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. So he certainly is one to give chances and show tremendous effort in restoring and redeeming people to loyal love with him and others. No, this is, I believe, something that applies to the unrepentant, stubborn, and actively disobedient or malicious. And certainly we have our own senses of justice about such things. No matter your convictions in the world, we typically desire to see evil put to a stop and appropriate consequences delivered. Otherwise, our governments would fail us, our consciences would wither, and our world would fall apart in the absence of any form of justice. Well, the good news is that God does not let us fall inward into wickedness and puts a stop to it when he must. So is this consequence too harsh? Remember that his love and forgiveness extend to thousands, while his justice, he says, visits the third and fourth generations. This is also an ancient manner of speaking. One look at trauma studies, and we see ourselves often visiting such wickedness further on than that, passing it down and down and down and onward. Well, more good news. God will not remain angry forever, as Psalm 103 verse 9 tells us, but his compassion will define him forever and always. We see this from the beginning of the Bible to God's self-revelation through the person of Jesus and onward today, where he still works powerfully in accordance with his character. Let's pray. Gracious God, Yahweh, thank you for making the first move. Thank you for introducing yourself so powerfully. May we also show compassion. May we be slow to anger, and may we forgive as you forgive us continually. May we stand for justice in the context of mercy. Help us to lovingly invite others to know you. Thank you for the ultimate expression of this gift of grace in Jesus, who died and rose and lives today. Amen. Your Daily Bible Verse is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Christmas. For most kids, it's the most joyful time of the year. But this Christmas, 1.5 million children will spend the holiday separated from a parent because their mom or dad is behind bars. Prison Fellowship Angel Tree needs churches in our communities to volunteer to bless local children with a gift, the gospel, and a loving message from their parent. I believe this is an incredible opportunity for our listeners to share the love of Jesus this Christmas. Many of Prison Fellowship's partner churches continue ministry to local Angel Tree families after Christmas is over. Through this ongoing care, Prison Fellowship Angel Tree strengthens and encourages families every day. 
Angel Tree wouldn't be possible without the help of faithful volunteers. If you're ready to make an eternal impact in your community, please register today at angeltree.org backslash church. That's angeltree.org backslash church. Miracles are everywhere. Let our adventure begin! Discover Pure Flix, your premium streaming service where faith and family values come home. Ready to have some fun? The most exclusive selection of quality, wholesome movies and series that will uplift your spirit. A man can argue whether God exists, but when he looks at his daughters, he knows. With new arrivals every week. Unbelievable. Save big and enjoy the possibilities, like invitations to exclusive theatrical screenings. I see it, so I believe it. Find out more by joining today at pureflix.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ.